Who are you to hold yourself back from the world? We both had epiphanal moments that changed the trajectory of our careers, of our lives. Those pivotal moments where it could crush you or you rise up. And we both were like, I'm rising up. It's hard to look the devil in the eye and say thank you. You're not going to get anywhere else what we're bringing together here. Okay, so here we are, episode two. Doc Shelley, Carla, and the topic. The topic is we, we're building on episode one, where we looked at change, preparing for change. Now we're going to kind of move into the, the area of the impact that change has, not just on you, but on those around you. We're going to just explore that a little bit. How would we start that? What kind of question? I guess, were you ever surprised by the impact change had for yourself, for others? I think, you know, we talked in the first episode a little bit about the differences or the nuances of forced change and change that we we want to have that we're ready for that we we've come up with ourselves right and that those impacts are very different i think the question really is that as we as we contemplate change whether or not we're putting it in place or it's coming at us i'm going to start because there are there's two different things to worry about there have you ever tried to make a change and found that people were getting in your way that circumstances were getting in your way you want to do this and you start down the road and you've got all the energy but something comes along and derails you and it's a little bit more than it's a little bit beyond the preparing for change this is about how do you handle the change being successful when it's not just you who is going to be involved. I think that's a really big part of it. Yeah. Because we do not change in isolation. Right. That is true. So whatever we change, whenever I make a change, it impacts others and they have to go through a change that was not of their choosing. Mm -hmm. Whether it's individual, organizational, when change is upon us, there are more than just myself affected. And I need to be ready for that. And I think if we explored that just on the individual level, yeah. self-improvement, that that kind of approach, there's so much to be there's so much to be learned from organizations, really. There's there are lessons from the C-suite for Main Street as relates to Absolutely. impact on self and others. Yeah, and I think you know, certainly self is important, especially considering it's January of 2024 and lots of people are talking about their personal goals for the year and many people set New Year's resolutions and some have already blown their New Year's resolutions. <laughs> but even in organizational change, it becomes personal because it's a change that I'm experiencing or I'm leading or I'm facilitating or it's been forced upon me and nobody told me about it. A million factors go into all of that, but it does start at a very personal level. So I think being able to understand first, what's going to change for me? Okay. Just consider for a moment. 
if there was a change that you really wanted to contemplate, think about there's the big what, and then there's the big why. So you must be very clear on both of those things Mm -hmm. in order for the energy, the focus, the the care, the commitment, the accountability are going to be able to hang on anything. You need to understand your big what and your big why. Yeah. And I think so many people don't do the why piece of it to a really important level. I think back years ago, I had a gentleman who I was coaching, never met him before, and he was a C-suite guy. And We'd been talking about all sorts of goals that he had for his business. And one day in his um, pre-coaching worksheet that I had him submit, he said he wanted to talk about his weight. And I thought, I'm not a weight loss coach, but okay. Um, And he has shared with me that he had about 250 pounds to lose. And this wasn't new. This has been an ongoing issue. And for years, his doctor had said to him, you need to... Get, you know, I want you, like you're taking a lot of medication. I want you to be able to get off this medication and, and take better care of yourself. And that wasn't a good why for him. And so we really worked and had many, many conversations to get to the why of, you know, what he needed to do. He needed to lose weight and he, the, the medical why just wasn't good enough for him. But when he likened it to, he's got a little girl mm-hmm. and If he doesn't take care of himself, he won't be there to see her graduate from high school, graduate from college, potentially get married, possibly have children. And that was the emotional why for him. And that really connected. And he went on his weight loss journey. But that why so many people want to lose weight, want to get healthy. Why? Why? It's it's got to be personal. And and the same goes with any change. The more personal you can make it, the more emotional connection there is to it, the more likely you are to be committed. And yeah. Exploring for the why in business as well as in a, a personal pursuit. It's an interesting exercise to go through. Some call it the five whys. Some call it the seven whys. But being able to take a look at, okay, Weight loss. Why? Because I want to get off medication. Why is that important? Well, because you pay a price for every pill you take. Okay. Why is that important? What you're doing, you dig down. When you get to that fifth level or that seventh level or where you ask yourself, and is there anything else? And you say, no, you've got your why. And that why is deep that's deep and abiding and it's having that why that clear will be such a boon as you roll out and begin doing begin this journey because there are things that are going to come up along the way that are going to derail they have the opportunity to derail. They have an opportunity to frustrate, to get you off of that course that you're trying to follow. But when you've explored the why, you're ready. You're ready to say, you know what? I know you're trying, I know what's trying to happen here, and I'm not going to let it because I'm very clear on why I'm doing this. And there isn't anything going to stop me. Which leads them into the what's 
So how important is it? You got that really deep why? How important is it? And how committed are you to doing that? Yeah, and I think when those when that when the responses to the importance and commitment are close to each other, within a couple points of each other <laughs> on that scale of one to ten, really makes a big difference in terms of the resilience that you have when those roadblocks do come up, when people get in your way, when well-meaning people get in your way, um, when your own brain gets in the way, because oftentimes when we are going through something that requires us to change our habits, that brain, that that habit brain has got deep rooted neural pathways that say, no, 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 that's not how we do this. And so you've got to get really good at talking back to yourself and saying, no, we're doing this differently now. And in fact, you start looking around you, the impact of the change you are going to make. Let's say it's weight loss. If you have a pattern in your family or in your office or your church or whatever, that there are certain expectations about who's going to be where, when to have what kind of food or drink together. Could be something just that simple. Thursday, Thursday, <laughs> right? You're going on this journey and you know that's something that people expect. Okay, what are you going to do about making sure that you and they recognize that there's going to be a change? Either I'm going to come, please don't buy me anything. I'm looking, I'm looking to change my eating habits, but I love being there in the social setting. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Let's say, let's say you want to go back to school. So you're going to go to night school. Well, who's going to be impacted by that? Family, friends, your availability changes. And you know that there are special nights that, I mean, you just don't miss. We've never missed it. You can't miss this. But I have school that night. So what do you do? How do you enlist first yourself? You've got your why, your what and your why. You know that it's important and you know you're committed. How do you enlist the assistance of people in your circle to support you in this change? Or at the very least, to be aware that change is afoot, mm -hmm. whether or not they want to buy in. Yeah, I you asking that question causes me to reflect on some women that I was coaching that were coming back to the workplace mm -hmm. after... 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they'd been out of the workplace for a very long time. They took breaks to raise children, to some went on mission trips. I mean, there's a variety of things that they did. But fact was, they were home more often. They were more easily accessible. So they were coming back to the workforce full time. And I remember one woman specifically talking about how distraught her children were. And these were older teenagers. But she didn't really have a conversation with them about going back to work. It was one day I'm going back to work full time and I start next week. And they all of a sudden weren't getting dinner at the time they expected dinner. They dirty dishes were piling up. And she says, you know, oh, this is a big change for me. I'm tired when I get home. And so we talked about some of the conversations that she needed to have with her family because this was impacting everyone. And she didn't even think about that. She's like, I'm going back to work. And she was so excited about it, mm -hmm. but didn't think about how the absence of her at home was going to make such a big difference to her 
basically adult children. And so she sat down with them and talked about some of the responsibilities that she needed them to pick up and carry Mm -hmm. so that she could be her best at work and at home. And they were all in once they had the conversation with her and they understood why she wanted to go back to work and what she was excited about. They were willing to help. So sometimes it's just having that conversation of, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I need your support for. And we have to tell people how we want them to support us because they don't know. And you know, you think about the, what is it? The five love languages. Everyone's got a different way of showing support. And so if I tell you I'm going through this and this is what I need from you, you can either say, okay, you can renegotiate or say, hell no, <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> but it's a conversation that needs to be had. And in that conversation, you're going to talk about some boundaries. Boundaries, I know people are like, oh my God, boundaries. Boundaries are good. You think about any sports game. There's boundaries. There's rules that keep you in play or out of play. They keep you safe and in the game or you're in the penalty box or you're on your way to the hospital with some injuries, right? Boundaries are good, but you have to communicate them. Boundaries are different than expectations. I could have all sorts of expectations of people that I never, ever talk about, and I may or may not ever hold them accountable to it. When there's boundaries, it's a conversation that you've agreed to, I've agreed to, and I'm going to hold you accountable, and you're going to hold me accountable. And if we need to shift the boundaries, we need to shift the playing field, we can, but it's a mutual conversation. That is huge. Recognizing those boundaries and the expectations. How many times do we hear people say, oh, God, I was so disappointed in so-and-so? Well, why? And so-and-so had no idea. Because you had expectations (laughs) you were holding for that person, and they had no clue. No idea. So how, how can this lead to disappointment? It's important to be able to recognize. We, we, we make assumptions that people are going to get it. Don't. Be clear. You need to be clear. This is what I'm asking. I'm asking you to join me by supporting my pursuit and understanding that it's going to influence things that we used to do or what we might be able to do in the future. And I need you to know that this is important to me. So I'm expecting your support. And if it's not something that you're comfortable giving me, I just want to know that. I had a coaching client years ago who said to me, every epic success the company has had and every epic failure the company has had has come down to one thing, communication. And what's very fun is that usually the problem is communication, but the fix for that is communication. Yes. It is the problem and the resolution all at the same time. Right. And we get so wrapped up in, oh, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. What if they don't like me? What What if, what if, what if? And playing that what if game in your head around communication can just get so in the way of a relationships, but get in the way of support. It can get in the way of you achieving your goals and going through whatever change it is that lies in front of you. If you're not able to talk with people about it, you probably aren't going to be real successful at it. Probably not. Another piece of this is looking at experiences that we've had before. So learning from 
what we've done before, lessons learned. Sometimes we learn them ourselves. Sometimes we learn them by observation. And we draw conclusions about what is and isn't hard or easy or possible. And so being able to take a look at when you're exploring your what and your why and the commitment and the accountability, there are patterns that have emerged across our lives that we explore those as relates to trying to accomplish something, making a change in this particular case. There's a lot that we could learn if we take that moment, that beat, and say, okay, what is, what's in my head about how successful I can or will be? What's in my heart about who it is that's going to, that they're just the one that's going to trip me up. I just know it. I just know it. Getting back to what we talked about in the last episode about checking on the facts. Mm-hmm. Be very clear on the facts of this. So we have lessons we've learned. We've adopted them. They've become sort of, it's like a reflex. It's just, that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. When you're making a change, those things are all up for grabs. And you know, what's interesting, I remember back many, many years ago when I was starting my own business, I had so many people say, you're doing what? You're never going to be successful at that. And I thought, well, why won't I be successful at that? And that was their own fear getting in the way because they thought, well, I could never do that. And I had a couple people that said, oh, my God, you're going to be so great at this. I'm so happy for you. How can I support you? Those people were few and far between. And it's really interesting because as I got clear on what I was doing and why I was doing it, and I was able to share that with people, more people were supportive of it. But it's interesting how that experience when I think about big changes, some of that still gets in my head, right? Because that's your first your first memory or Im- imprint is those people that said, oh my God, that's never going to work. You can't do that. And so I think and by human nature, a lot of people go to that, that negative side too. And so when you think about getting the support and you think about rallying the people around you to support you in the change it can be hard to have those conversations, especially when you have thought through the impact it may have on them. And what we've got to get really good at. If I know, if I know why I'm clear on my why I can share that with you. And then hopefully you you'll see it and support it and you'd be as excited as I am about it. I think that there are two things floating around for me now that one is when people say, Oh gosh, you're not going to be able to do that. In their own hearts, they think, oh my God, if I were to go out on that that limb, I would fail. And so fear of failure Mm -hmm. promotes this protective conversation. This is, are you sure you really want to do that? (laughs) There's another side that when we're making a change and it does impact other people, can't help it, it just does, is people's fear of your success. Mm -hmm. Even your own fear of your success. Yes. And I, you know, I think so many people think if I could just do X, my whole life will be so much better. We put so much pressure on that one thing, that one change, that one goal that miraculously, if I, 
I mean, I know so many women that have lost so much weight. I, one of my mentors has lost over a hundred pounds and she was like, when you lose weight, guess what? You still have all the same problems you did a hundred pounds ago. Life doesn't magically become this la la land of greatness. <laughs> People still suck. People still have problems. It it just it just is life. We're gonna have hard times. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in that finality of I'm gonna achieve this great goal. Sometimes there's a letdown. Mm-hmm. I achieved it, nothing else changed. Or I achieved it. And now what? That's always my thing is not what's next. Cause you know, I love a good challenge. So I'm always looking for the next best thing, but, but it, there's so much that gets wrapped up in that, the change, the end game, the end goal. And then life is still here. And Bob, Bob next door is still causing problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating, but as we, as we really think through it and I think, and and maybe this is another episode that we talk about that end game, because we have to be as excited about the whole process as we are about the end result. And that end result is being fed by that why. Yeah. And so we know it can be messy. We know change can be messy and that things are going to go in the way and, and things are going to, they're going to get in the way and, and we may stall on our, on the progress that we're making. Absolutely. I mean, if it was a straight shot, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but we'd miss so much. We'd miss the lessons learned. We would miss the challenges. And very rarely do I think we're going through some sort of change that we haven't experienced before, that someone hasn't experienced before. And so really being able to reflect and look at the lessons learned, looking at similar situations. How did I power through? What got me through? What are the small habits that I have to change every day to get to what I want to do, do differently? Or we can just sit in the suck and be woe is me and this sucks and I don't want to do anything about it. And I see a lot of people get stuck in the suck. That there's some great advice in there. There's some there's some great advice in there. Don't get stuck in the suck. Don't get stuck in the suck. Change is messy. Indeed. Let it roll. And don't get stuck in the suck. Doc Shelley, Carla. Bye. See you next time. Give thought to who you are and how you show up for others and for yourself. All right, folks, we'll be back.